Hello and welcome to the SUP Podcast. I'm Elise Rallis. I'm Brian Russell-Smith. And wow, it is just too much news Tuesday. Yeah, it's a lot. It's There's a lot There's a lot going on, so I think we're just going to... Just dive in, I guess. right you into know? it. Um, um, Brian, what's been getting you through this week in Trump's America? Well, uh, last night, today's Tuesday, mm-hmm. the May 1st. It's going to be May. Mm-hmm. I had to drop it. May Day, etc. May Day, yeah. Um... Last night, uh, the New York Times published a list of Mueller questions for Trump. So that was very exciting. Just, I love any new update, Mueller updates. I know, because he's so, um, he's so, like, quiet. He, Mm -hmm. like, doesn't, like, Mueller spills no tea. Well, and this wasn't even his tea. No. You know, like, it was... It was adjacent tea. <laughs> yeah, but but it shows, um, for those of you who haven't looked at the questions, we do have an article up on the website about them. Um, Betches.com slash sup. Yeah. Right? If, okay. you, if you go to the website, you will find the article. Yeah. Uh, it won't take much time. <laughs> but basically, these questions kind of show like where Mueller is like thinking yeah, is about... It- which way his investigation is going, there's questions, there's basically four things that questions are related to. It's um, Michael Flynn, the former National Security Advisor, mm. James Comey, former FBI Director, mm-hmm. Attorney General Jeff Sessions, mm. and campaign coordination with Russia. And so <clears throat> I think we should like also look at Trump's response as a way to engage like what these are. Like he immediately tweeted today, or today this morning, following the quote unquote leaks his description saying it's a witch hunt you know typical yes. no qu- and he said there's no questions on collusion there's questions on collusion he's mm-hmm. lying he's a dimwit um <laughs> we'll get to that technical later technical term well. um yeah and he's just saying the white house is is going smoothly so i he- have a question and it has it doesn't have this is a question that i would have if I could ask Donald Trump any questions. Yeah, I want to hear it. And it's, what does he think the rules are for capitalizing things? (laughs) Because it's just so crazy. There's no rhyme or reason to it. I'm looking at these two tweets, and in it, he has... he capitalized Russian, which is correct, but also witch hunt, also, also the word collusion. Also quotations. He, he puts quotations in he very d- weird places. He has no idea what the what a quotation mark means. <laughs> and that's a pretty simple one. It's yeah. just a quote. Yeah. He's he says he's, he's saying fake news is bonkers in quotation marks. Bonkers in quotation marks. I would love to know. He also put quotes around the word leaked. I would love a like Donald Trump grammar book. And to, I like I would love for someone to like go through all of his tweets and try to string together what the rules as his, far as he his, knows like, what um, they are. If his like college or high school English teacher is still alive, they're probably like grind their teeth every time he tweets and they're like, God damn it. Like I, <laughs> if that was like I was an English teacher, I'd be like, I thought he was a good student. I mean he probably was a terrible student, <laughs> but like I failed my job. It is crazy, like, if you look at his Twitter account, because there are Like, amongst his crazy tweets, there are tweets that are clearly written by his staff. And it's just so funny to, like, see the difference where it's one where he's like, today I congratulated our veterans on another, like, beautiful, like, Memorial Day. Like, blah, blah, blah. And, like, it's all perfect. And then the next tweet is just, like, full nonsense. Well, he's got a style. He's got his own writing style. You know, like, uh, Jack Kerouac has his. um, Yes. You know, all the great ones. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I think maybe Trump is just like an E.E. E. Cummings type. Yeah. He's like, he's he's 
he's purposefully shunning our grammar rules so that he can move the English language <laughs> forward. <laughs> oh, that would be it'd be great if it starts like if people start attacking his grammar and then he starts tweeting about his bad grammar in bad grammar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, maybe he's just like language evolves, and yeah. he like starts to make like this really like cogent argument about how like grammar is like a tool of oppression. Anyway, yeah. And so I don't think that's where this is going. So and so there's and also he's saying that these um, questions were leaked to the media, but how the New York Times actually obtained said questions was uh, in March. Former uh, lawyer for Donald Trump. And the uh, John Dowd met with the special mm. counsel because you know um, uh, Donald Trump actually wants to do the interview with Robert Mueller because he's as we will get into later a very dumb man. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, and da- John Dowd is like, I don't think that's a good idea because he's like, because uh, <laughs> you you just like say things without thinking about them and um, word vomit, et cetera, et cetera. So John Dowd went and met with Mueller to see what questions they would want to be asked, and he took these notes, and these notes were then passed on to the New York Times somehow. Yeah, so... I saw someone tweet out a picture of Stephen Miller that was like... Or no, sorry, this is actually related to another story that we're oh going to get Stephen into Miller, later. I forgot about him. Um, accusing Stephen Miller of being a leaker of another story, but we'll get into that later. I was getting my scandals confused. I, I don't blame you. It gets hard. It's so hard. many tweets to remember. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting. Like there, The sheer number of leaks out of this White House kind of shows like how it's just like an every man for himself like atmosphere in there. There's like no loyalty. It it does kind of show that like whoever is at the top, like their uh, their mentality infects everybody around them. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I think about any any job that I would have, and I'm like, if I would want to protect myself as well too, because you know, Trump is not going to live for a very long time, and the people who work there probably will. Like, I don't know. I think about Ivanka all the time. Like. She's going to have to live a long time after her father is dead and her last name is going to be Trump forever. You know, I read an article (laughs) on Jezebel that said, uh, I don't even want to say the words, that Don Jr., the stupidest boy in the world, (laughs) is interested in running for office himself. I mean, go for it, man. And in the article, it said that, like, one person who saw him at a campaign round, he was at a campaign fundraiser for someone else, and some, like, Republican donor was like, wow, he was so smooth. I would expect to see him on the ticket. And oh, I just, no. I think this person is confusing the word smooth with the word slimy. And greasy, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, exactly. I was like, he's like, oh, I'm in his, I'm in his hair. Yes. Ugh. Oh, also today, this weekend, I was at the club and, like, a Danity. What, what club? At the club. Um, it call, it's called, like, Macri Park. It's actually, like, a gay bar. Oh, yeah. I know Macri Park. Yeah. I guess it's more <laughs> of a bar than a club. But anyway. I, I think it's funny. You're like, I'm at the club. I was at the club, uh, and they were playing a Danity Kane music video, and I couldn't help but think about how Aubrey O'Day ruined Donald Trump Jr.'s marriage. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, Donald Trump Jr. ruined his own marriage. Yeah. By being, I, yeah, his, by, by being himself. <laughs> but Aubrey O'Day was apparently the woman he was having an affair with, which I... I was just watching the music video and I was like, wow, what is going on in your life that you're fucking Donald Like father, Trump like Jr. son, yeah. Um, should I say what's yeah, getting me what's through getting the week? Yeah, what's getting you through the week, Elise? What's been getting me through the week, I would say what's been fueling me sort of in like a furious rage through the week is all of this fallout about the White House Correspondents' Dinner and Michelle Wolf's speech. 
Yeah, um, it's pretty, pretty fucking frustrating. Uh, so for those of you guys who didn't watch, Michelle Wolf was the comedian who performed at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Every year, a comedian does a monologue. Usually, the president is also there. Yeah, the last time a president missed it, it was Ronald Reagan, and he was recovering from an assassination attempt. So. And he phoned in. Yeah, He so. did like a video conference in, but Trump hasn't been going. This year, he let his staff go. And I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard about this by now, but Michelle Wolf made a couple jokes about Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and now everybody in the media is like all up in arms pretending that they're super offended on behalf of Sarah Huckabee Sanders because Michelle Wolf said she makes her smoky eye out of lies that have been burned. <laughs> Which is like a funny joke. It was a funny joke. And it also, it wasn't really about her appearance. The one that I guess would be more about her appearance would be comparing her to Aunt Lydia from but Handmaid's like, Tale. But like, also like... What what's wrong with that? You you you. So what if she looks like yeah, Ann Dowd? Is yeah, that her name. The yeah, name? Ann yeah. Dowd is like a real woman. It's not like she said like, oh, you look like a rhinoceros. Yeah, or Fat Albert yeah. or something <laughs> like that. She was like, you look like this real woman. And also, I think the which is a compliment because honestly, I think Ann Dowd is a lot prettier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ann Dowd. I guess. I do think that they look similar, but I do. I think the crux of the similarity was that Aunt Lydia is like the female mouthpiece for this horrific misogynist like Mm -hmm. organization like government but it is just interesting to me like the all of journalism is now up in arms because michelle wolf was too mean but if you look back at the press release that they put out when they first selected michelle wolf um and for those of you who aren't like super comedy people uh michelle's has a lot of HBO specials. She's yeah. been on Late Night for yeah, a long time. She was time. a correspondent on The Daily Show. Yes. This is... Everything that she said is very indicative of her work up until yeah. now. And they released a press release when they chose her to be the speaker. And they were like, her truth to power style and her feminist bent are going to be perfect for the event. And then everyone gets butt hurt. Uh, Upset. Oh, wait. <laughs> Can we? Yeah, yeah. It's a little, a little off topic uh, thing. Elise recently used the word butthurt in a newsletter, and I'll let her tell the rest of the well, story. Well, I got an email saying that it that that is the same as using the R word, which is like a slur for people with mental disabilities. I've never heard that. Apparently, I think that their argument is that it's homophobic. Honestly, but Brian I, read it. Yeah, I read I read this up every day before it goes out because why not? <laughs> and um, I did not. I've never been offended by the word butthurt. I mean, don't straight people's butt hurt sometimes? Like I, I thought that it was about getting your little butt slapped. Yeah, like like exactly like mm-hmm. being getting spanked like a little kid, like because yeah, you did something bad. Exactly, but whatever. I can. I don't need that word in my life. No. So if you are offended by us saying butthurt right now, please let us know. Yeah. Like, sound, sound off. Send me an email. I've already yeah. gotten one. I'll, I'll get, I don't get a lot of emails that like, luckily, thank God, I don't yeah. get a lot of emails of people who are offended by the newsletter. So the ones that I do get stick in my mind. And that one, I was like, I had to like double check with people. I was like, is this like a known slur? And I used it and I had no idea. Like, because, it wasn't like an Alec Baldwin moment. With yeah. Like a, the sea sucker. Yes. <laughs> it was, I was just like, oh my God. Like, did I do something terrible? But I think, you know, and I think also, it's okay. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. Back to, back to Michelle Wolf. Back to Michelle Wolf. So I just think 
first of all, the White House Correspondents' Dinner traditionally is a roast. So it's like, yeah. don't hire a comedian to do a roast. Also, Michelle Wolf did roast Democrats, the media, and all yeah. of this other stuff. It's not like her jokes were only about Sarah Huckabee Sanders. No, she made, and she, she actually didn't even make jokes about her appearance. Everyone else was like, so I'm so proud of Sarah Huckabee Sanders for being able to sit through that and get attacked for her appearance. And it's like, no, she actually didn't say anything about her appearance. You guys are making it about her appearance. I know you guys <gasps> are, are. So you guys are the one like Mika Brzezinski. Like I was like, I love Mika, girl. Like, stop. Um, she was the one who said that. But also it's like selective outrage, you know, like Michelle Wolf made jokes about Chris Christie's weight. No one's saying anything. Mm hmm. She made jokes about um, Mitch, McC Mitch McConnell's <laughs> she neck. She said Mitch McConnell's neck needed to be circumcised or something <laughs> like that is way more intense Where, yeah. than smoky eye. I know. And so it's like, also, like, I don't know, like, Stephen Colbert did the White House Correspondents' uh, Dinner, like, when George W. Bush was president mm -hmm. and fucking tore it apart. Yes. And, like, I think it's, like, I mean, it's a little sexist. I, I yeah. Is that, you know, like... I, like, he did that, and he did it to the president yeah. who was there. Yeah, like that is way crazier. But I feel like it. I feel like what it comes down to, and this is something that Michelle Wolf talked about in her monologue, is this really gross relationship between the press and the Trump administration. Yeah. Like they hate each other, but they're obsessed with each other. They're like a bad couple. They're yeah. like they're like your couple friends that you're like, please break up. You yeah. guys are horrible together. Yeah, they on the one hand want to hire a comedian they start out the thing being like we're going to hire a comedian that is obviously going to go hard skewering yeah. him anyone who's familiar with Michelle Wolf's work yeah. and the people who she would bring on board to write for her know that like she was on she was a writer for Seth Meyers for a really long time Daily Show all that stuff you can't book her thinking she's not going to go hard on the administration and then as soon as it happens they realize oh shit if we don't perform all this outrage uh, then the administration might not give us the interviews that we want or yeah. like if our relationship might be <clears throat> fucked up now with this administration that we supposedly hate. And also just like living in this world where <laughs> Donald Trump can say things like grab him by the pussy, African countries are shitholes. And then like, we're just, and like uh, we're roasting this like 30 year old comedian for saying things as that are actual jokes. Like, she has no fucking power. Yeah. Like, why does it matter what she says? Like, and also, this White House, co the co Correspondence Center is to celebrate the First Amendment. Yes. So, like, let her celebrate her First Amendment rights and make some funny jokes at the expense of these people with who lie to us and who have a lot of power. So, and like, <laughs> I know. And that's the thing is, like, one of the big things about comedy that people talk about is you always want to be punching up. You know, you want to yeah. be making jokes about people who are in positions of power, people who are stronger than you. You never want to be punching down and making jokes about like people who are already disadvantaged. Yeah. And Michelle Wolf was punching up every single step yeah. of the way. And it's just like, so now all the White House correspondent, like the, the Correspondents Association is now like they're doing soul searching about whether they should even have the event anymore. It's just bullshit. And it's just like. But also like good for her, Michelle Wolf, because she has a Netflix uh, series coming out yeah. in like a month. And this is such good PR. For I know. Her. It's called The Break. Like I'm very excited for her. Like props to you, girl. Like I, I, I don't know if she intended it for it to blow this much up. But like now that the, all these people are shitting on it. The second that that show starts getting their promotion, people are going to immediately recognize that name. Yes. They're going to play off this correspondence like craziness. I'm sure the tagline will have something to do with 
blowback or something. Yeah, she's and <clears throat> it's probably gonna do really I well. Know. And so, Michelle Wolf is really funny. Her HBO special yeah. is like insanely good. She's she's great, and it's just I mean, I think the whole thing demonstrates how crazily, grossly entwined this very media-hungry administration and this very Trump-obsessed jour- like journalistic entity are feeding off of each other. Yeah, it's a very like symbiotic relationship. Yeah. It's very weird. New- Michelle Wolf came in to do a job that she was hired to do, and then it turns out that like the people who were in that room just really didn't have the spine to be a part of that job being and, done. And I also love the the conservative people being like, we left. We left we during left. this part. And it's like, you were just there the whole time with all of these elites that you're saying you're lit. Like, so because someone started making jokes and then you make a comment about elites and Hollywood mm-hmm. elites. I know. And now, and then you're like, oh, there was 10 minutes left. So I left. <laughs> oh, and also now they're like, maybe instead next year we get um, a liberal comedian and a conservative comedian. Let's get, let's get Larry the Cable Guy in there. Yeah. I mean, oh my God, that guy with the puppets. Who's what the one who does the racist puppets? I have no idea. Oh, oh. I stay away I, from I can puppets. I can I can picture him in my mind. <laughs> he has he has so many racist puppets. <laughs> oh man, I would love for there to be the next year for there to be two comedians, one right leaning and one left leaning. So we actually know who's funnier and also because their jokes would be way more offensive. <laughs> oh my god. There was <laughs> there was one comedian who like I guess is somewhat conservative. I don't know what his deal is. And he tweeted out a thing that was like, Michelle Wolf was horrible. I'll be back on yeah. Wednesday <laughs> with some jokes about her. And it's just like, it's it going to take, take you five <laughs> days to write a couple of jokes. Uh, he would be fired from Betches very quickly. I know, right? I'm like, I, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how are you famous? It takes it's you like, five days to write a joke. As my bosses were like, um, we need to, we need jokes about this right now. I'm like, okay, give me three days. I'm give like, me three days to come up with a joke. <laughs> Um, it's like that's where smart comedy comes from okay good yeah so I just think the whole thing I think the entire controversy and everything that happened just like it really is indicative of how sick our entire system is because meanwhile while this was all going on President Trump is holding a rally in Michigan where he's Truly flying off the handle, saying all kinds of crazy things. He got the crowd to boo the word Hispanics. Just, he was like, are there any Hispanics here? And then the crowd just booed. So, like, (laughs) now, good thing we're talking about that. I'm assuming there were a lot of Hispanic people there. Uh, uh, Muchos. (laughs) Muchos, muchos. Many Latinas. No. um, Yeah, and he made, like, a bunch of false claims at that thing. He was, like, a Chrysler like Chrysler's coming back to Michigan. Like yeah. that's not true. <clears throat> well, Waypo just Waypo keeps track of all of his false claims, and I just saw an updated one today. I can't remember the amount it was, but I know that he makes about six point five a day. So that, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not a psychologist, but he seems like a liar. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I can't wait for him to meet with Robert Mueller. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so should we get into some of the international news of the day? International news, yes. Brian? Because I'm over the White House Correspondents Center. I'm actually over it. I I know. We're done. We're done. Okay, so on Friday, uh, last Friday, today is Tuesday, um, the leaders from North Korea and South Korea, Kim Jong-un and Moon Moon Jae-in, 
I looked up how to say that, so I hope I said it Turns right. Turns out it's just phonetic. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not as hard. We were as, like, we have to do it right. Yeah. We have to be respectful. And then it's just like exactly yeah. how you would it make, it. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, they held a summit um, to talk about negotiations to uh, eventually remove all nuclear weapons from the Korean Peninsula and by the end of the year declare an official end to the Korean War that actually took place from 1950 to 1953. So it's we're they've been at war for a very long time. Yeah. Um it's interesting like I I feel like in in American history and stuff like the Korean War is just like this blip that oh, we learn about so, that happened between World War II yeah. and Vietnam. And yeah. we're just like, oh, yeah. And Don Draper went to the Korean yeah, War. Yeah, so actually, <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking about that last night on my commute home because I, I knew that we were going to talk about this. <clears throat> I started to think about, like, what movies... I, I can't think of any, like, big pop culture references that took place during the Korean War. Mm-hmm. So I Googled it. And the last movie, American-made movie, that had um, the Korean War featured in it was Big Fish. And that was in 2003. Oh. And if you remember, it wasn't even about the war at all. It was just like a quick little story about how he like plunges into this like... Oh, yes. Like Siamese twins like mm-hmm. performing a concert and they leave. Like there's nothing about the Korean War in it. And <clears throat> I think it's important to note that like... That the North the Korean War was quite problematic. Yes. <laughs> like, um, the, so some history lessons here. Like the the Koreans have been through some shit for a very long time. So they they were occupied by the Japanese Empire beginning in like 1910 till 1945, and you know a lot of them like hundreds of like millions actually I think like five million Koreans were forced into labor. And 400,000 of them died because of said labor. Approximately 200,000 girls and women were forced into, like, uh, sex slavery. Yeah, and there's a lot of, like, movements now to try and, like, honor those women and sort of, like, honestly, like, try to pay back some reparations for, like, what was done to them. Because it is horrible and it was really, like, a lot... Of Korean women and I think also Chinese women yeah, yeah. too. Imperial Japan was not no, not good, great. not great. <laughs> <laughs> they they were pretty fucked up. They did a lot of <laughs> fucked up shit. And when um, the Japanese surrendered in 1945, that's basically when we had a North and South Korea, and the Soviets took control of the North, and then the U.S. and Allies basically controlled the South, and that's why why it's so much more westernized and so on. Mm -hmm. And then that's when the Korean War started because five years later, in 1950, the North Koreans invaded South Korea. And then that was the beginning of it. And then we... The and US- that was Kim Jong Un's like great grandpa, maybe. I think so, or Kim Il. Kim Il Sung. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the that's the grandfather. The big the, the, the big one. The OG. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The OG. And so, um, basically, this was when we like this was like I I, I if you're listening, I, I if you're trying to recollect on anything in the Korean War, like let us know because I I can't think of any big pop culture references to the Korean War because it's literally I literally think it's. Mad Men. Yeah. Is that Don Draper? I mean, I don't want to spoil Mad Men for anyone who hasn't gotten around to it, but Don Draper is involved. Yeah. In the, in the he Korean was, War. yeah, but briefly, that's all yes. I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it was, he wasn't as involved. This is going to turn into He Mad was Mad both Mad, killed and reborn. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We'll end it there. No spoilers. No spoilers, just like a tantalizing hint. And so the, the, 
the Korean War was very brutal for the Korean people. You know, a lot of a lot of Koreans died. You know, there was about like one North Koreans died, about like 1.3 million civilian and military casualties. And this was the first time that we like really like amped up our um, like our air force attacks. And because we had just started to figure it out during World War II, like this was kind of a new thing. And we 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 dropped like 635 thousand tons of explosives and like all this napalm and just like really fucked shit up mm-hmm. like we like we like took away their food supply and they a lot of people starved to death and so i mean the korean people have been suppressed for so long and they all have ancestors that basically i'm just wanting i just want you to know like this is why they hate us yeah, yeah. well the north koreans the north koreans yeah. and i mean it's also, well, first of all, also, they've been suffering under this hugely oppressive regime yes. for so long. And, like, the propaganda is so strong with yeah. what happens there. And I do think this is one thing that I keep thinking about is, like, so this peace process is happening. Um, they, like, took down speakers in the demilitarized zone. Yeah. They, <laughs> this is something that I just thought was kind of funny. Like, it's, like, so petty and random. But North Korea had its clocks, like set a half an hour different than South Korea, which is like really petty. (laughs) And they, they changed the clocks back. So now they're on the same time Mm -hmm. zone and it's all these things. And like, this is, you know, it's objectively good. Like I don't want to go to war in North Korea. I don't want North Korea to nuke South Korea. I don't want North Korea to nuke Japan. I think the easing of tensions is good, but at the same time, the North Korean concessions are just like they're the, they're related to the nuclear weapons and they're not at all related to the horrific abuse that they put on their own people constantly. Yeah. There are prison camps in North Korea, literal gulags. People are like the Korean the North Korean people are getting shorter. They're malnourished. It's yeah. horrible. And like that was the original reason that North Korea was ostracized from the world stage. They started yeah. developing nukes and then it kind of changed. But like the original reason nobody fucked with them was because they were horrible. Yeah. Like a horrible, horrible regime. And they, mm. and they dictatorship, don't, yeah. yeah, a dictatorship where they don't abide by international standards of decency and they have rampant human rights violations. And now it feels to me like in exchange for them not nuking everybody, we're just like, da- we're just going to let them yeah. like do all this horrible stuff to people. Like we're not going to. And you know, they're not known for following through on their promises, especially internationally. Like, uh, they actually haven't really conceded anything at this point. We've gotten them to the negotiation table, which is a great first step. But, I mean, there's been all of this talk of, like, <clears throat> like now now we we're now we can see Kim Jong Un as an international leader. He's getting like this attention that kind of like makes him seem like a peer to the United States. And there's pictures of Moon Jae-in and Kim Jong-un just smiling and acting they all They planted body a tree, which they, is so funny because like <laughs> Donald Trump and Emmanuel Macron just planted thing, a tree. Yeah. So I know this is the new thing is that everybody <laughs> plants I know. a tree. And about like Donald Trump planting a tree, it's like, I guess he's becoming more environmentally conscious. Well, side note, this is just a <laughs> sidebar, but apparently the tree is missing. Well, yes, but the tree is in um, quarantine. 
Oh, so they, they planted a they, toxic they planted, tree. <laughs> yeah. They, they're apparently, they're like, okay, we'll plant this and then we'll unplant it, put it into quarantine, <laughs> and then plant it again. <laughs> that is so indicative like, can, of like politics also, in general. it's kind of a dick move of Macron and the French. I'd be like, why don't you give them something that they can like do something with yeah. now? Like, yeah, I love that it's like first gift from the French. Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Second gift, diseased tree. <laughs> like, <laughs> parasitic tree um, yeah. that we have to get rid of. Well, so, I mean, yeah, anyways. Um, but yeah, that's just a side note. I'll, I'll keep you guys updated about the tree as long as we know. But it is interesting because it's like Kim Jong-un now, he's done all these photo ops. There was another photo of like Kim Jong-un and I guess his daughter and Moon Jae-in and his son and they're like hanging out and Kim Jong-un made this statement about the clocks where he was like, it saddens my heart to see that our clocks are different. And everyone's treating him like he's a normal leader when in fact he's one of the most oppressive leaders in the world. And like he gets fatter and fatter and his people get starvier and starvier. I mean, (laughs) it's literally true. And, And basically they're like, I just feel like they're sliding on human like they we've basically decided that we're not going to try to do anything about the fact that North Korea is one of the most oppressive regimes it's like it's like North Korea and Syria are like yeah. the two top worst leaders that we're dealing with right now and we're just going to let North Korea slide on everything because they're giving up a nuclear program that was like that may also have been fucked up because they're saying that the nuclear testing facility in North Korea has like demolished in on itself. Yeah. Like caved in. So they've been like pushed back like years and years. So they may not even be losing anything by doing these peace talks right now. No. Because and they the, might not even have the capabilities to do anything. And the reason that they got nukes in the first place is because they wanted to force the world to fuck with them. Like they wanted to force the world to be like, okay, they have to talk to us now because we have these nukes. And it, it really does feel like they've kind of gotten what they wanted with very minimal yeah. concessions. Because the other thing is like, Nor- I mean, North Korea having nukes is, is horrible, and it is a huge threat to our troops that are in South Korea. It's a huge threat to, like, many of our allies out there. Yeah. But, like, if North Korea ever launched a nuclear strike of any kind, we would wreck them. Yeah, <laughs> like, they would. They, before, by the time the bombs were in the air, we would have, more, like, I mean, quadruple the amount yeah. already uh, aimed on them. So it's just, it feels like... <clears throat> I don't know. It's just interesting to me. And and it's hard for me to talk about because on the one hand, I do want peace. You know, I do think it's I do think this is objectively good that North Korea and South Korea are de-escalating this situation. Of course, we're now getting into like a rebound situation with Iran. It's like, okay, well, like one nuclear crisis ends, another begins. Yeah. But it's also it also just feels wrong to me that the focus 100% is just on these nuclear facilities and not what this regime does to people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's, and I guess maybe there's hoping that it turns into us lifting sanctions or the UN lifting sanctions on North Korea and maybe the people can benefit better. But I think the people could, I'm sure they could figure something out right now for them, you know? I, I mean, North Korea is not, 
Any more wealth that comes into North Korea is going straight to Kim Jong-un and his bros. Like, that wealth is not going to get distributed to the Korean people at all. Meanwhile, we've got South Korean President Moon Jae-in out here in a press conference saying that Donald Trump deserves a Nobel Peace Prize for tweeting us into this (laughs) situation. Like, okay... And at, at Trump's rally in Michigan, the crowd oh, was chanting, chanting Nobel. Nobel at him. And most people were like, he doesn't have a bell, I guess. Well, I yeah. guess that's good news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. If, if Donald Trump had a bell, he would just be ringing it constantly. <laughs> He's like, he'd, be, he'd be like one of those guys in like old movies that's like sick in his bed, just like ringing the yes. bell. Yes. Oh, God help if we ever give him like a whistle or something. <laughs> like, it would be so horrible. The presidential whistle. As long as it's gold, he'll take it. But it is interesting because obviously Barack Obama got the Nobel Peace Prize in 2009 just for like being hot and cool. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it is interesting. Now this comparison is is drumming up and all these conservatives are like, well, why wouldn't Donald Trump be able to get his Nobel Peace Prize? Because Let's not counter or what's the, what's the saying? Count, chickens before chickens they before hatch. They ha- this was like just under a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, my thing is like, I do feel like the Nobel Peace Prize is more, I mean, it's about what people do, but it's also about what they represent as a human being. Yeah. And while Donald Trump may have stumbled ass backwards into creating peace in North Korea, between North Korea and South Korea. I just kind of think like the North Koreans were just like, oh shit, this guy is fucking crazy. He might actually do something. And so we better do something first to make it seem like we're normal people also i think well this is another thing but like the north koreans have invited a lot of presidents to talk to them most of those presidents haven't taken them up on the offer but donald trump actually does just take any deal that is offered to him as we talked we talked about this last week yeah we talked about it last week so we won't get into it again but part of it is that donald trump is the first president who's kind of just willing to be like okay sure yeah like, okay, I don't really understand the international implications of anything, so okay. And at the same time, I'm like, whatever. If that, like, de-escalates the situation, that is a net gain for us yeah. and for the world, whatever. But it is, like, Donald Trump does not re- represent peace in our time no. in any way. He's not a uniter of people. And even if he... Well, he is a uniter of people, of people who hate him. Yeah. <laughs> as, yeah. as evidenced by the women's marches. Yes. I mean, that is true. But, but I do feel like the Nobel Peace Prize is just as much about, like, actual accomplishments as it is about, like, what you represent to people. Like, I feel like when Obama got it, it was because of what he represented yeah and even still like obama has talked about that nobel peace prize and kind of like shades it and is like yeah. is like oh, i don't know if that should have happened yeah i mean well like that's what malala got as well right yeah malala so, like, got she one she deserved it yeah and what she represents exactly like, like, like what you're saying like they represent some like an idea and yeah a human like, ideal mm-hmm. of some kind something that you want to strive to become but i don't think the nobel committee is going to give donald trump a nobel peace prize i don't foresee that i feel like if if our media if our journalists were in charge of the nobel who gets the nobel peace prize i think they would do it because they would be like look how fair and balanced we are we gave one to donald trump but i don't think that the internationally anybody has any qualms about being like fuck this guy and then after this summit um donald trump talked about giving our our 
are pulling back our troops from South Korea, our 28,000 troops, like right up before the uh, 2018 Olympics. And everyone was like, no, bro, don't do it. And apparently John Kelly is the guy who convinced him not to do it. Interesting. Yeah. And the reason that it's not good, because basically our our military presence there is basically what um, keeps North Korea from being more uh, aggressive. aggressive. And so speaking of John Kelly... Yeah, this brings us to one more thing. Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. What a day. We've talked about so many topics, and now we're at the end. I I mean, I'm just trying to get through through the day. (laughs) (laughs) So um, new reports out. uh, You know, as they say, in the Trump administration, one day you're in, and the next day you're out. And right now, John Kelly might be out, uh, or reports are coming out, that mm-hmm. he might be out because apparently he has called Donald Trump an idiot <laughs> many times. Yeah, multiple times. Um, yeah, and I just think this makes us think of all the other people who've called Donald Trump an idiot. Right. Know. Rex Tillerson called him a fucking moron. <laughs> yes. Uh, R.I.P. Rex Tillerson. He's not dead. He's just not Secretary of State anymore. Um, H.R. McMaster called him an idiot and a dope. Also not part of the administration And anymore. Gary Cohn, who's also out, uh, called him an idiot surrounded by clowns. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more... Uh, yeah, like, more descriptive. Yeah, more descriptive. I was... When I was looking up... Uh, people who called him an idiot (laughs) (laughs) i got to gary Cohn, and i was like it's just so there's just so many people have left this administration that i was like wait is he still there i just couldn't remember like and this like was pretty recent that he left he was the former chief economic advisor for those who like me can't remember (laughs) (laughs) all these dang people who just keep getting out of this administration it is crazy literally just doing this made me think i want to put an article up on the site of all the people who have called trump an idiot well so fun fact elise and i elise and i host a series on our instagram called wtf yes Uh, you should watch them they're great Mm -hmm. we also we all actually have one coming out by the time this podcast, you're listening to this podcast, or you should be, about North and South Korea as yeah. well. Yeah, so if you need a little, like, micro dose of information. Yeah, you can check it out there. Um, so, yeah, so we were writing back in, at the, end of the, at the end of 2017, we made this video about, like, all the stuff that's happened in 2017 that featured the both of us, and it did really well. And so we were going to do it again with all the people who had been fired and hired and fired or hired and left during the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. And we started writing it, and we wrote it. And then the next day, I think, was it Rex Tillerson? The next day, I think it was Andrew McKay. I can't can't remember which one it was. Basically, three people had left or been fired from... Oh, it was like just Hope Hicks that just happened. Yes. Rob Porter. Yes. Oh, Hope Hicks happened while we were writing Yeah, while we were writing Yeah, Yeah, literally. (laughs) We were literally... And so we were just like, if if we make this video, we need to shoot it and edit it in like 12 hours it was within like two days of writing the video it was already completely inaccurate because like four people had left and we were just like it's just the only way we can do it is if we release it immediately because any any moment there can be another person i mean there are so many photos that come out of the trump administration where like Every single person in the photo is no longer yeah. part of the administration yeah. anymore. Um, and now, and now, John Kelly may be the next one. And mm-hmm. he, people keep talking. Uh, and then after that, they're thinking it'd be General Mattis. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "These are the." And I keep seeing these like pundits and these news anchors being like, 
He's the last adult in the room. I'm like, Donald Trump is fucking 71 years old. I know. He's an adult in a room. He's just an idiot adult in the room. Yeah, he's just a fucking idiot to borrow a phrase from John Kelly. Another thing that came out about John Kelly is that he like apparently believes very strongly that women are like more emotional than men yeah, and like, like can't. don't curse in front of the women. Yeah, he like he just like thinks that he's still in this very like women are very fragile and it's like did you watch the White House Correspondence Dinner? Cuz <laughs> that's not the case. <laughs> uh, I just don't understand like anyone who's worked at a company any any job, any business, like and like like how Donald Trump says to be like be running his presidency presidency like a like a company. If you're working somewhere and people keep getting fired and quitting, that is not a good sign. No, you don't want a high turnover. No, right. I also saw, and this is my favorite thing: old Donald Trump tweets that don't like that don't age well. There was one that was like three chiefs of staff for Obama in his first term. Like, wow, he's really showing that he's not a good leader. And it's like, oh my God, every single person you've hired has quit or uh, been fired or yeah. been disgraced or had to like, whatever. Yeah. I just want them all. I They're probably all together somewhere. Um, White House in Paradise. White House in Paradise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all, the, all the failed, lo- all the failed contestants. They go to an island to hook up with each other. Um, it's a really good show. Um, hopefully Rob Porter is secluded on him. Yeah, himself. no, Rob Porter is not <laughs> Didn't they say recently, if you don't remember, Rob Porter is the one that got ousted because he beat his two ex-wives. Yeah. And then he was currently dating Hope Hicks. Yeah. Apparently they're like bringing him back for something. I heard that, I think that maybe they were like, pla- I, I would have to actually look up more, but there were like rumbles that they were going to bring him back. And then they were like, no, we're not doing that. It's like, I love the idea that they're like, I think we could just bring him back and no one will notice. Yeah. And it's like, no, the thing is, everyone notices what yeah. you're doing. That's the whole point. You're president. Everyone's mm. paying attention. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just, it's just exhausting. I know. It's Tuesday. <laughs> it's Tuesday. It's literally Tuesday. <laughs> it's t- and it's, I know. I was t- So Sammy hosts Thursdays and I was telling her what we're going to talk about today. She's like, oh, I'm so jealous. You have so much to talk about. I'm like, girl, you're going to have just as much, <laughs> if not more. Who knows where we're going to be by Thursday? I mean, we could be in full-fledged war with Iran. Um, Iran. Yeah. Like, even like a random country, like, I don't know, Chad. Chad. I was about <laughs> to say Chad. Oh, Chad is like. the number one random country. Yeah, That's I no shade so. to Chad. No shade to Chad. No. Except for men named Chad. Yeah. That I don't trust. No. I do not trust any no man, man named, named Chad, Chad has ever what's going on no, with you exactly no <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay well i think that brings us to the end of our podcast yeah. uh tune in thursday we'll have another episode with whatever the fuck has happened between now and then i'm sure it'll be great um so until the end of democracy i'm elise morales and brian russell smith and this was the sub podcast Batches.